Whether it's audiobooks or all-time greatest hits, long live listening to your favorites. Learn more about Cascali Ribocyclob 200 milligrams at KISQALI.com and talk to your doctor to see if Cascali is right for you. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show. Hello, my name is Nigel. That's Hammer over there with a special guest on the hotline. Chris Clem is a retired Border Patrol agent, worked 27 years as a Border Patrol agent, and recently penned an op-ed in Newsweek on how to fix the southern border. He joins us now. Chris, let's get right to it. Tell us about this op-ed in Newsweek and why you felt compelled to pen it. Well, I appreciate it, guys. And, uh, you know, the op-ed is something that... uh you know, kind of explains something that I've been thinking about for many years and have witnessed it. Uh, as you mentioned, I was a border patrol agent for 27-plus years. I was the chief patrol agent of the Yuma sector, deputy chief in El Paso. And I've just seen some things from the ground-up uh, perspective, uh, from policymaker perspective. And, and I titled it Tall Fences and Wide Gates. Um, I heard that something similar that used uh, back uh, 2008, uh, the late – Senator Fred Thompson referred to that or something like that at a, at a, at a debate. And I uh, said, you know, that makes a lot of sense. And so tall fences is, is, is a secure the border. That's the border security apparatus that has to be in place for us to go any further when it comes down to keeping America safe. And, and the tall fences, you know, that's that, yeah, that's a wall where it makes sense, like an urban environment where somebody can vanish within seconds, but it's also the technology the, uh, the infrastructure in the, in the form of roads, um, sensor equipment, cameras, lights, and, and backed by, by good, strong policy. The wide gates is, is, is the lawful pathways that continues to, you know, uh, uh, help America grow and prosper from economic and vitality, you know, bring it in migrants the right way, the lawful pathways, increasing visas, you know, uh, helping honest people you know, have an opportunity, but still provide consequences to punish those that um, that don't do things the right way. So that's really what the op-ed's about. You know, secure the border, but also let's talk about some uh, some uh, uh, better ways for people to come into the United States. But again, the the way things are right now at our southern border, we absolutely have to start with the security first. Uh, without the border security, that nothing else matters at this point. So, Chris, when you hear people say, you know, border wall, crazy idea. Donald Trump's idea was never going to work. Border wall costs too much money. What's your response when you hear that? Come down to the border. I'll show you where the wall makes sense and where it works. Look, the Border Patrol has defined the environment, not not politicians, not bureaucrats, not people inside the beltway. But the, the Border Patrol, the men and women actually are doing the job. We, we said, look, we need it in urban environments, most importantly in urban environments, where people can escape and vanish within seconds to minutes. In my op-ed, I use El Paso as an example. I worked there multiple times. We literally have the river within a, a 100 yards of a highway, a high school, downtown, an apartment complex. If we don't have a, a wall or uh, even a double wall at that point, they get away. So we have to have that combined that with the technology. But I'll also say we don't need it out in the middle of nowhere or the middle of like the Big Bend National Park in West Texas, where, you know, it is wide open and people can literally walk for days before they can vanish. So, you know, it's that combination of where it makes sense defined by the Border Patrol agents, uh, because they're the ones that ultimately need these resources to do the job. But 
I, I want to say this. I a little, little timeline. Candidate Trump said build the wall. When he became president, Trump, it was like, okay, th- this makes sense. It's a wall system. And that was the wall, the physical wall where it makes sense, but the, the technology and, and all the other things I mentioned. And so when that got turned down or got stopped uh, dead in its tracks under this current administration, it was not just the wall. It was everything that came with it. And that really made our vulnerable, uh, our borders vulnerable and made our already uh, challenging job as border traders to be that much more uh, difficult. So it caused, yeah. what you're saying, it caused a big ripple effect, uh, what Joe Biden did at the beginning of his presidency. Yeah, and it, yeah, it absolutely did because it wasn't, it was, remember, in the first couple hours and first couple days, there was executive orders issued by the president that stopped all wall construction, which was contracts, which included the technology package. It also, he also ended all deportations for the first 100 days. He canceled the policies that we were that were working to uh, close loopholes. So it was it was a big. It wasn't just stopping a wall. It was stopping everything that really and it, it was a culmination of at that point in my career, 25 years of progress. I would go, you know. Starting under Bill Clinton, when I came in, every administration had worked towards making a difference, a better difference at the border. I don't know what happened with this one. And the thing that used to drive me nuts, Chris, is when you would hear um, detractors come out and say, well, somebody could climb the wall. Somebody could get around the wall. I don't think the wall was ever meant to be 100% foolproof because I don't think anything is 100% foolproof, but I do think it acts as a deterrent. Yeah, you're absolutely right. So we defined the wall or the fence or whatever that whatever word we're going to call it was designed to impede or you know deta- or excuse me, impede or deny, impede or deny access or control and contain access. That's what it was intended to. But when, but we know that if there's not an agent out there and it's in, in an area where we can't respond to rapidly, then yeah, they could climb over it. But, it, but at least they're, not, they're being impeded to some extent. So that's where that combination of personnel, infrastructure, and technology work. You put the wall, you have the uh, fiber optic sensors, you have the cameras. So it slows somebody down because, look, there's spots along the southwest border where Highway 2 in Mexico runs up a parallel to our border within 100 yards. So if we don't have something to at least slow it down, to make them go up and over, and then you have the technology that alerts us, then we can respond. So remember, it, it has to work together. And by the way, you have to have agents because all that fancy stuff, the technology, the sensors, cameras, they've never made an arrest. You know, I've never seen a camera camera jump off a pole and arrest somebody. It has to be an agent. So we need border patrol agents too, and that's um, that's something that's taken a big hit under this administration as well. And I take it. I mean, this is an obvious question, Chris. Um, we're talking with Chris Clem, a retired border patrol agent, worked for 27 years. I mean, we had over 900,000 uh, engagements uh, with the, uh, illegal immigrants crossing the border and border patrol agents uh, through the months of October through December. And I'm not even talking about the gotaways. So the question is, it's it's never been this bad, has it? No, no, it's not. In fact, I mean, I, I can tell you just to kind of, and these are facts, this is an opinion. I mean, in, in fiscal year, federal fiscal year 2022, the border patrol had just over 405,000 arrests. In 21, under the new administration, it went up to 1.6 million. In 22, it was 2.2 million. 
and last year it was over three million. So, and we're seeing this trend line now that just in the first quarter of fiscal year 24, I think the Border Patrol themselves and our parent agency combined, Customs and Border Protection, like 988,000 arrests. And like you said, that doesn't account, account for the gotaways. And for your listeners, gotaways are known entries that we could not resolve. In other words, we saw them on camera or we physically saw them. We just could not make an arrest or we did not send them. They couldn't, we didn't turn them back to, they didn't go back south. So these are people that had gotten in, but we have no idea who they were or, or where they ended up. So, again, it's, it's, it's the worst I saw it uh, or I have seen it in my career. And, and, look, in the early part of my career, it was mainly single adult Mexican nationals that were here for seasonal work. It was almost a cat and mouse game. Some people you caught the next year. It has evolved over the last uh, several decades. But my, uh, my last two years when I was the chief patrol agent in Yuma – um, we would have, we would have countries. We had 115 different countries in Yuma, Arizona alone that, uh, that we arrested, and rarely did Mexico or Central America make my top 10 daily or weekly countries. It was people from all over the world flying into Mexico, making their way to our southern border, and coming in illegally, tying the hands of border patrol. Um, and that's that's the big concern: is these give ups, these people showing up in these gaps and just turning themselves over, waiting to be caught is pulling resources, which keeps us from doing our main job of patrolling the border and keeping the bad actors, the potential terrorists, the drug smugglers, keeping that poison out of our communities. We're tied up dealing with, with you know, stuff that can be controlled by policy and people, you know, it, and, and it just causes a, a major impact to our security operations. And that should be first and, and foremost uh, uh, coming out of the White House is to secure our border. Chris, we got about a minute left here. A couple quick questions here. Number one, the materials that were going to be used for the border wall and things down at the border, are they still just sitting around? I know those images have been floating around social media for a couple of years. I didn't know if that was true or not. And number two, take me through what these Border Patrol agents are going through. Uh, their mental well-being, their physical well-being, they've got to just be completely overwhelmed. Yeah, so on the material, yeah, it was sitting there uh, stacked as high as, a, as a, you know, 20 feet high, a prefab steel right next to these gaps that they could just erect that and, and secure it, and we'd have it have the product finished. We had spools and spools of fiber optic cable laying there right there in these marshland areas along the border. Um, it, that was pretty disheartening knowing you're driving by a mile or, mile or two of, uh, of good 30-foot wall and then a 400-foot gap with the material right there. So. Yeah, it just made it very easy. Um, in, in regards to the, uh, the the mental health and resilience of our workforce, um, the law enforcement profession has taken a hit over the last few years, uh, and also more so than under this administration. And our agents have been pretty much uh, left to do this job with one hand tied behind their back. Uh, we are a resilient bunch. Border patrols are resilient. We, we like to say we ride to the sound of gunfire. But when uh, our hands are tied dealing with processing and, and, and doing things that aren't keeping America safe uh, in, in, in that uh, sense, it is very demoralizing, especially when you have a president that you know has, has berated them versus a president that used to champion us. So it does take a big hit. Uh, we had an increase in suicides the last few years, uh, hit a record high back in 22. Very disheartening. But, you know, I, I wouldn't say that the border security crisis is, the, is, the contri- is a contributing factor. It wasn't the reason. But obviously there are other, other things going on in these agents' lives. But um, – when they can't come to work and be satisfied and you've got other issues facing you, 
it, it led to a you know kind of a disastrous result. So, you know, hey, you know, law enforcement profession, we're all in this together, and uh, uh, we need to take care of one another. And so we focus on the mental health and well-being. It's okay to not be okay, but you know, we need our clear heads. We need to be thinking critically. We don't need to be burdened by unnecessary nonsense like the the stuff coming out of the White House uh, when it comes to this border. We need to support our border patrol and secure our border and keep our country safe. The op-ed is in Newsweek. It's a great read. It's a fascinating read. The title is, I was a Border Patrol agent for 27 years. Here's how we fix the border. Chris Clem. Uh, Chris, we'd love to have you back on the show sometime. Great stuff, and please keep us up to date. You got it. Thank you, gentlemen. It's the Hammer and Nigel Show.